What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, February 13th. A transgender shooter is eliminated by two good guys with guns at Lakewood Church in Texas. Speaker Johnson is set to block the Senate's enormous spending bill package for Ukraine. And Kamala Harris says she's ready to serve if Biden is not good to go. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for tuning in and stopping by. If you're watching the podcast live here on Rumble, you know what to do. Get down there, hit that follow button, and hit the share button. Let's get as many people into the live broadcast here as possible. Please take part in the chat down there. Uh, leave a comment. Hit the like button. Whatever you can do uh, would be greatly appreciated. It's good to be back. I know last week I only gave you guys one episode. I was out in Las Vegas. For those of you who have been following along on the show here, uh, I was in Vegas to interview the players and coaches uh, playing and coaching in Super Bowl 58 for my podcast, First Class Fatherhood, which I now have available here on Rumble. I'm going to be moving all the episodes over, but now all the new ones are going to be available right here on my Rumble channel, First Class Fatherhood. So you'll find it on my page. Check it out and follow it. Now, listen, there's not too many things to like, be honest with you, about the NFL. And so being out there to interview the players and coaches, I'm kind of coming at it from a different angle, okay? I'm there to interview these guys about fatherhood, about family life, and about faith. And I did put a heavier focus on faith this year, more than I did uh, previous years. This is the sixth year that the NFL has invited me out there. Listen, Las Vegas did a wonderful job with the Super Bowl. I've done, uh, this is the, the sixth one I've been a part of. Uh, Vegas, uh, there's no doubt they will be returning this game to Vegas in the future. It was very, very well done, very, very well organized, as you would imagine. Uh, this is something they've been waiting for there for a long time. Now, also, you know, just a side note for me, I am a recovering alcoholic, addict, and gambling maniac, so it has been six years for me uh, since I've had a drink, gotten high, or placed a wager, and here I was in Sin City for a few days, uh, but thanks be to God, there is no temptation, there is no desire for me to partake in any of these vices that really used to control my entire life, so uh, not harping on that, but maybe one day I'd like to do, you know, maybe a whole show dedicated to addiction and uh, if that's something you guys would like to discuss, because it's something that really, you know, took up such a big, big, major part of my life and uh, glad to be out of it now. But being there, it's uh, it's from a different perspective. And again, I put a lot of the heavy emphasis on faith. I think the major storyline of the Super Bowl this year was faith. I know everything was focused on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and that's what it had to be. Okay, I even participated in some of that stuff on Twitter because that's where all the impressions were. That's what everything was trending. Uh, that was the major story that was played up by everybody in the media. But in my opinion, the faith story here was the bigger story and the more important story. Both quarterbacks from the Chiefs and from the 49ers are faith-based guys. Patrick Mahomes gave all the glory to God after winning what was a, uh, a heartbreaking um, finish for so many 49er fans. Game ended in overtime. But here was Patrick Mahomes right after the win. I just got to give God the glory, man. He, he challenged us to make us better. And I'm proud of my guys, man. This is awesome. It's legendary. 
And Brock Purdy, the losing quarterback, all week long, he has been professing his faith. We've seen this also from the San Francisco 49er running back, Christian McCaffrey. I think it is very, very important that we continue to see guys that have this kind of platform professing their faith because so many young guys are looking up to these guys uh, around our country, and many of them who have no father figure in their life look to sports figures as role models for themselves. And God knows that right now we need more positive male role models in our society. We do not have a lot of them right now. And so I know that the NFL is full of knuckleheads and guys that are domestic abusers, uh, drug addicts. You have you. It is filled with just, I, I would imagine, just like every profession has their fill of guys that are involved in all kinds of nonsense, and it has their guys that are good. And we need to really highlight these good guys. Now, one of those guys was on the uh, winning team, the Kansas City Chiefs, their kicker, Harrison Bucker. He is a Catholic. I've spoken to him several times, and he kicked a uh, record-breaking field goal in the Super Bowl, which he broke the other guy's record in the same game, but he has the longest field goal now in Super Bowl history. I asked him about the importance of having other players coming into the league and sharing their faith and being bold about it. Here's the clip. We see a lot of players coming into the league being very bold in their faith. How important is it that we continue to see players come into this league with this platform and profess their faith? I think it's very important because it's easy when you do get success to forget what got you there. And at the end of the day, everything we receive is through God's grace. And we should be grateful and thankful uh, for that and give him the glory for that and realize that it's not our... We got to take our pride and our ego out of it because a lot of times we think, oh, we're so strong, we're so good, we can do anything we're capable of, but God can take all of that away in the snap of a finger. Well said. Good luck on Sunday. All right, just one more. I, I really love Harrison Buckner. I think he's a, a blessing to have in the league and one of the best kickers, if not the best in the league. Also, from the other team, Christian McCaffrey, not a father, so I spoke to him about his dad and the values that he instilled in him growing up. I love what he had to say. Take a listen. Hey, Christian, right here. I'm from First Class Fatherhood. What kind of disciplinarian was your dad growing up? My dad was a fair disciplinarian. Uh, looking back, I was really fortunate when he disciplined us because I think that taught us the best lessons. Um, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Maybe not in the moment, but when you're young, you don't know what you need. What would you say the top values you instilled in you growing up? Uh, I think to take, take the blessings God's given you, to maximize every single bit of talent that you have, and to don't waste the gift, and to uh, you know, live a humble life. Well said. Good luck Sunday. Chris. All right, complete coverage of my Super Bowl media day. Uh, episode is available. It's on Rumble under First Class Fatherhood. Go check the channel out. Follow the channel over there. Again, uh, I think it's very important that these guys are coming into the league. We know the C.J. Stroud. We know the Tua Tagaloa. Uh, guys like this that are coming into the league now and, and not being afraid to give glory to God. And I really can't stress the importance of it. Again, you know, the Taylor Swift was going to take over this game no matter what, no matter how you sliced it. She was going to be uh, the name of the game here, Travis Kelsey, her. They got their win. I know many on the right, they, they, they're playing this whole thing up. It was a right versus left. Uh, and, and listen, so, so be it. P politics has ruined just about everything else in this country. It's ruined so much of sports as well. So uh, the NFL is no different from that. So I just wanted to share a few of the highlights from that. Uh, the experience was a good one. It was a positive one. I met up with a lot of uh, former guests that I've interviewed on the podcast on First Class Fatherhood, uh, so it was pretty cool. And if you want to check out the full coverage, link down there in the description below for First Class Fatherhood or find the channel right here on Rumble and take a listen.
Now, I just wanted to hit this story here real quick. This transgender shooter at the Lakewood Church. This is Joel Olstein Church, a mega church. 50,000 people attend this church every week. You had another one of these lunatics, left-wing lunatics, now uh, come into the church and start shooting. Now, the, the, the suspect is this Janice Marino, an El, Salvian, uh, El Salvadorian immigrant, now, most likely illegal. Here's the, the thing here. Stopped by ICE uh, back in the day here. Uh, it looks like, now I can't confirm 100%. Maybe you have already evidence or can confirm this with a positive source that this was indeed an illegal immigrant, uh, that uh, Janice was in here illegally. I'm not 100% sure. It certainly seems that way, uh, detained by ICE. Uh, and also has a rap sheet. Now, this was somebody too that uh, claimed to be a man, used the name Jeffrey. Here's a video clip of them using the name Jeffrey. Good afternoon. My name is Jeffrey. I realize I said here's a clip of them. See, the pronouns got me all screwed up here too because this is something also that the cops for, for, for some reason had to focus on. What pronouns are we going to use? They did a whole investigation just to see what pronouns they were going to do. L listen to the cop here. Utilize both male and female names, but... Through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female. Yeah, and after all the taxpayer money wasted on the investigation to find out what pronouns to use, it turns out the correct pronouns to use are was and were because this suspect is eliminated. Thank God that Janice Marino is out of society. Now, this is a person, of course, with a history of mental illness. What else is new? It's a transgender shooter or somebody who's playing the game of transgenderism uh, that's mentally ill, so the left doesn't want nothing to do with the story here. That's obvious. Uh, the neighbors for this Janice Marino claim that this person was not well, made... Uh, numerous amount of reports. I'm going to put this on the board here. Uh, they've been crying about it. I guess, isn't that always the story you hear? The neighbors are saying, yeah, it is, you know, this guy was a nut. Here it is. The neighbors of Janice Marino are speaking out against what they see as a lack of response from the authorities. They claim that they have subjected torment, insults. They have been subjected to torment, insults, and psychological abuse from the 36-year-old Salvadorian woman over the past four years. Despite their reports to authorities, nothing happened as a result. So obviously, again, this is a person that was on the radar. Uh, this is this is a mental illness is a problem in the transgender community. We know that transgenderism is a mental illness. So of course, mental illness is a problem in the community. And now we are seeing more and more of these shootings that are happening uh, by these radical left-wing lunatic LGBTQ people. And uh, Libs of TikTok pointed that out too. The Here's, I'll put her tweet on the board. Colorado Springs shooter, non-binary. Nashville school shooter, trans. Aberdeen shooter, trans. Denver school shooter, trans. Iowa school shooter, transgender fluid. Lakewood church shooter, trans. Are we starting to see a pattern here? Well, when you have the left, continuing to tell the people on there that are following them that the white Christian males are their enemy, and you continue to radicalize these people and tell them MAGA extremists are out to get you, you're going to start seeing more and more violence in this country. And it's all coming from the top, 
from the man who wants nothing more than to divide this country. Case in point, talking about the Super Bowl before I went into this story here, the Super Bowl had a lead off with two national anthems. Right. We have to have it. Nothing says we're more united as right. Biden's the uniter in chief. Nothing says we're more united than we're going to have a national anthem for black people. And then we're going to have a national anthem for everybody else. Wow. How united are we? When have you ever seen any kind of lunacy like this? We have one. We are one nation under God. We are one nation, but not anymore. We can't be right. The, the, the best rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, in my opinion, was Whitney Houston, Super Bowl 25. And, and, and it was a black woman singing the song. Now, all of a sudden, the song is racist. Uh, we, need to, we need to have a, a black national anthem and, and then a national, national anthem. For, we have to separate and segregate everybody. We have to divide the people of this country. That is the number one goal, the number one objective. And it's working. All right? You're seeing these people become radicalized on the left. And who are they targeting? White Christians. That's who they're being told are the number one enemy. And that's who they're going after. Now, thankfully, there were two heroes that were there with guns that were able to put this lunatic down and eliminate the suspect before anybody. Re- now, the, she the, she came into this church with her son, five year old son, nine year old son, five year old son, uh, who was shot in the head. They don't they didn't say which who which bullets hit the kid. Now, this girl came in shooting at the church. The cops shot this person dead. They don't know if it was a cop bullet yet. Maybe it's been confirmed already. I'm not sure. But at the time that I was investigating this or reading the reports. It didn't seem like they knew exactly which bullet struck the kid. Uh, maybe she brought this kid in as a shield. Uh, she used the, used the kid so she can get in there with a backpack. She was spraying some kind of stuff. Probably going to try to light the church on fire, claim she had a bomb. This was a total mess, this entire thing. But there were two hero cops. Here was the uh, police chief or the spokesperson for the police department talking about the two off-duty cops that saved the day. She was armed with a long rifle and a trench coat with a backpack, accompanied by a small child, approximately four to five years old. Uh, Once she entered, uh, at some point she began to fire. I want to compliment the off-duty officers who were working extra employment here. One TABC agent, four years of service, 38 years old, an HPD off-duty officer, 28 years old, two years of service. Both officers, officer and agent, uh, engaged, uh, striking the female. Uh, She's deceased here on the scene. Unfortunately, a five-year-old kid was hit and is in critical condition at our local hospital. That was a 57-year-old man who didn't have anything to do with it, I don't think, was shot in the leg. He's seeking treatment in the hospital. So let's all pray for each and every one of them. Uh, Once um, she went down, um, officers reported back to us that she threatened uh, that she had a bomb. So we searched her vehicle, our bomb squad, um, and also the backpack. No explosives were found, but she was also spraying some type of substance on the ground. And thank God those guys were there. Thank God they were armed. And thank God they took this suspect down without killing any innocent civilians in the process. Uh, A job well done by these heroes. 
And it goes to show that we need to have armed guards at our schools. I don't know how many more times we need to say this. Every school should be guarded by, by armed individuals. There's no excuse for it. We, we, we guard everything else in this country with, with bullets. We need to defend our children's schools with the same velocity, with the same amount of passion. Uh, there's no reason at all that we cannot do it. There are plenty of veterans that, that, that could be employed right now, and we definitely got to protect our schools. And uh, what, could we, what could we pay those guys, the veterans, with? Well, how about paying them with some of the money we're kicking off to Ukraine, right? We're going to get to that story uh, real quick here. About, oh, and by the way, because I forget to mention this with this uh, shooter here, also a pro-Palestinian lunatic. I didn't even bring that up when I was talking about the shooter in Texas at the Lakewood Church. Also had a pro-Palestine sticker on the gun. So you had the trifecta right there, right? Pro-Palestine, transgender, illegal. Boom. There's the trifecta. That's why you don't see that story. All right. Well, I wanted to talk about Speaker Johnson blocking this Senate, the Senate's massive Ukraine spending aid package. A very, very interesting point came up Donald Trump made the other day here, and I want to put it on the board, talking about this money that we keep giving to everybody else, because obviously we're the biggest suckers on the planet. Here was Donald Trump talking about how from this point forward, I'll put this on the board, he put this on truth. From this point forward, are you listening, U.S. Senate? No money in the form of foreign aid should be given to any country unless it is done as a loan, not just a giveaway. It can be loaned on an extraordinarily good term, like no interest or an unlimited life, but a loan nevertheless. The deal should be contingent. He goes on and on. Now, even Senator Lindsey Graham, who would love to bomb every country that's on the map, he agreed with Donald Trump here on this and decided that he would vote against this spending aid for Ukraine as well, unless it was in the form of a loan. Now, you couldn't love this anymore. This is why you got to love Donald Trump. It makes perfect sense. Like, we keep hearing this from NATO, how we even we were always the top... Uh, always the top of the cream of the crop when it comes to NATO money. Our taxpayers in the United States are funding the entire thing in NATO, and none of these other wealthy countries are kicking in their their share. Now, you always hear from the left, oh, the rich should pay their fair share. Well, how about everybody in NATO pay their fair share, right? You don't hear that from the left. We never never get to hear that from the Democrats. It's only Trump and the Republicans that are saying, hey, wait a minute, why are we the biggest suckers in the whole NATO deal, and we're always kicking in more than everybody else? Tell them to kick in some bucks. And I love this fact of the foreign aid. If you, Ukraine, you want money? Yeah, we'll loan you the money. No more of taxpayers are giving it. Tell the taxpayers, hey, we're giving your money to Ukraine, but we expect to get it back. Man, how many times can you get railroaded over this? We're giving foreign aid to this country, giving foreign aid to that country. We've got people over here sleeping on the streets. Veterans. Is it? You know, we always hear about the doom and gloom about helping Ukraine. Oh, if you don't help Ukraine, Putin, 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 Putin's going to take over this. He's going to take over that. He's going to take over the whole world. So far, right now, our own country is being rotted and destroyed from within. And you want me to worry about Putin taking over the world? What's going to be left of the United States for Putin to take over? And you know what? If Putin wanted to come into the United States and send Russian assets in here to take it down, he'd come right in through Biden's open border, which we're not securing. That's how Putin, if, if Putin really wants to destroy the United States, he'd have to be the biggest schmuck on the world to not be sending in all his people through the southern border. It's wide open. You're worried about, oh, Ukraine. 
Now we want to give another $60 billion or whatever billion dollars to Ukraine. And that's the package that the Senate is voting on. And the Republicans are filibustering and they're trying to get it past the Senate. It, it better die in the House. Uh, Speaker Johnson here is vowing to block this massive Ukraine aid package. But what is the $60 billion going to do that the $120 billion didn't do? We gave you $120 billion. You didn't win the war. So what are we going to do? Another $60 billion? And then what? Six months from now? Oh, well, that didn't work. We need another $60 billion. Where does this chain of events end? How does it benefit us? There has to be two bills, one for the Ukraine uh, package. I don't think there should be any more money for Ukraine. We gave you $160 billion. That wasn't enough to win the war? Then you're out. That's it. It's over. Negotiate. Go to the table. Negotiate something. Figure this out. And let's move on. What does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with our border being wide open? What does it have to do with our country rotting it from the inside out? It has nothing to do. None of this money is going to improve America at all. None of it. And the money we want to put towards the border is, is not even, it's less than half the money we're going to give to the Ukraine border, to the Israeli border, to the Taiwanese border. We're worried, we're worried about Israel, we're worried about Taiwan, and we're worried about um, Ukraine. The U.S. is always being a sucker here, and I, I love the fact that Trump has said this, and now you're going to see uh, Lindsey Graham back him on this, which is great to see. I don't understand why we have to stand by and watch the United States rot from within, why we have to throw all this money around like we're in the strip club, right? That's the way the U.S. is spending their money. We're throwing it all over the world like as if we got, we're not in debt. And, and, of course, Tucker Carlson did this interview with Putin. The left melted down over it. Uh, everybody came out of the woodwork uh, on the left. Oh, my God, he's, a, he's an asset now, or he's trying to help Putin. He's, I'm so sick of it because we, we've seen everybody else interview Putin, from Barbara Walters to uh, Chris Wallace, and it was never they were a traitor. Now, Tucker Carlson does it. He's a traitor. You have to, if this is a war and you want to resolve the conflict in the war, don't you need to speak to both parties to find out what's going on here? Shouldn't there be some kind of dialogue involved? What should be the answer here? It seems like everybody on the left's like, no, no, no. They don't want anything but nuclear war with Russia. That seems to be where this is leading. There seems to be no other answer out of this thing. It's going to end up with, no, we have to have nuclear war with Russia. Or that's it. That's the only answer. What's the other answer? We have to negotiate. Ukraine's not beating them. Ukraine, we gave them, we gave them $120 billion. They didn't beat the Russians. We're going to give them $60 billion more. That's going to be the trick. Oh, that's it. All they needed was that last $60 billion. Now they're going to defeat Russia's army. Now they're going to take back their land. Is that what it's going to be? No, that's not what it's going to be. It's going to be six months down the line. We need another $60 billion. That's all it's going to be. It's a revolving door. So what does it lead to? It leads to either two options, negotiate with Russia or start drawing nukes. That's it. There is no other option. So negotiate the deal and make something happen here. I'll tell you what right now, and it's the same thing with Israel and, and Palestine. I have three teenage sons who are going to be uh, of military age within the next five years. Right. Two of them in the next two years. But all three of my sons will be military age in the next term of the presidency. The last thing in the world I'm doing is sending my kids off to go and fight in Ukraine, Russia or in Israel, Palestine and the Holy Land. You'll never see it happen. And it seems like more and more that's where we are headed. And the people that are leading us in that direction will not be doing the fighting. 
Their children will not be doing the fighting. It will be your children and my children doing the fighting. And there ain't no way on this planet you'll see my kids over there doing it. Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Palestine. The U.S. is involved in all of it while our entire country from within is rotting to the core. And so it's it's time for it to stop. It's time to separate this bill, drop the Ukraine BS, and let's just vote on this uh, uh, securing our border. That's it. That's all we need should be focused on and worried about. And, of course, they only set it up this way so they can say, oh, look, Republicans are against securing the border. Because they didn't vote for the $60 billion to Ukraine, $20 billion to Taiwan, another how many billion to Israel. Enough is enough. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to see I don't want to see Russian kids dying. I don't want to see Ukrainian kids dying. I don't want to see Palestinian kids dying. I don't want to see Israeli kids dying. But you know what I don't want to see more than anything else on the planet? I don't want to see American kids dying. That's what I don't want to see. And everyone makes it seem as if like, oh, if you don't take a hard stance against Putin, if you don't take a hard stance against Palestine, if you don't take a hard stance against this, Israel, Russia, whatever, then you're, then, then you're less than human. I could care less. I don't care about any of it. All I care about is the United States of America securing this border and making this country rich, wealthy, profitable, successful for everybody. That's what matters most. How, how does any of this stuff we're doing right now lead to that path? None of it does. Everybody's interest is in, you know, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen as many Ukraine flags in the bios. I don't know about you, but even on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, I haven't seen as many. You, what is the support for Ukraine dying amongst the virtue signalers? Because I have not seen as many of them. All right. Uh, I was yesterday I was on with Larry Kudlow on uh, Fox Business. We were talking about Kamala Harris, who says now she is ready to serve in case she has to step in for President Biden. Uh, But we were talking about the possibilities of Biden not making it. Larry seems to think he'll be there. I disagreed. We talked about it. Here's a, a clip from that. I don't believe this for a second. No. And listen, let's be honest. Uh, Kamala Harris is the DEI vice president. She's not there. She's only there because she's a woman of color, not because she can lead. The only thing she's leading people to is the word salad bar, right? She's accomplished nothing. I feel dumber every time I listen to her speak. I think most Americans would agree. And let's see. I think that, you know, she matches up well with Trump. I think Trump would bury her in an election in, uh, in November. But there's going to be other fish to fry there. I think you're going to see Michelle Obama throw her hat in the ring, maybe a Gavin Newsom. I don't think there's any way that Biden... Her hats are already in the ring. Yeah, I think we'll see one of those, too. I I think it'll be Gavin or... But how do you get rid of Biden? You think Biden... What, you think party elders like Durbin, I don't know, (laughs) Mitch McConnell, who maybe forgets he's a Republican. I don't know how there's Chuck Schumer. They go, it's like Watergate. And they say, you got it to to Nixon. But you'll never convict Biden of a crime. He, he doesn't have his marbles. The whole country knows he doesn't have his marbles. But there's not going to be a don't have your marbles test. They'll never allow it. Again, Mrs. Wilson will not allow a don't have your marbles test. There's still a lot of opportunity for uh, Biden to fall down the steps of the plane again. As something like that could happen, falls in the tub. I mean, something like that could take him out. I mean, he could go out at any minute, this guy. All right. Now, I do agree with Larry that it's not going to be, unfortunately, it's not going to be an impeachment and they're not going to use the 25th Amendment, although they should. With this special counsel report that came out saying that Biden's 
uh, lost his marbles, that he's not there. They should be able to remove this guy from power. If he's not fit enough to stand trial, how could he be fit to have the nuclear codes? How do they explain that? Right? And Karine Jean-Pierre always constantly says this guy is he's sharp as attack. Uh, he's always uh, on his game. But when you listen and look at this guy, he's look, here, here's a small compilation of President Joe Biden. This could go on for 10 minutes. I'm just going to play a quick clip of it here. I, uh, um, anyway, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. I was just thinking, uh, uh, anyway. I I just, look, I mean, Putin's kleptocracy, yeah. It was in January after being elected. The late January, early February. He said, uh, it's not, we need, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what you can do, the drivers. Uh, I, uh, for two reasons. One, to... It's an impact, an impact the decades have been making because inaction was, uh, there was inaction the, uh, with, with the Department of, uh, uh, with, from, from, uh, uh, Char- excuse me, from Charlotte, one, uh, another line going from in Florida down to Tampa. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you, uh, I'd um, like to be able to, anyway. And, uh, and uh, I want you to know that uh, I want to thank you as well for, uh, but the nature, not, and the, uh, and, uh, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him, uh, put there's no secret that Biden is not there. We all know that. You can see it when he speaks. You can watch his his actions as he walks. He doesn't know where he is on the stage. And that, like we laugh about it and joke about it, but this is the guy that's leading the country here. So here comes Kamala Harris. Oh, I'm ready to serve? There's no way in the, in the world the Democrats would allow Kamala Harris to take the reins. So I don't know what's going to happen here. Now, I do, I, I do believe that uh, Joe Biden is just following his orders. He's told you that himself multiple times. I'm just following my orders. This is the president of the United States, right? Here he is. Just following my orders here. Just following orders. Who's giving him the orders? And if those people who are giving him the orders decide you're not running for a second term, then guess what? He don't run for a second term. He does what they say. He sits down and that's it. Now, if he runs for a second term, that means it's going to take, take he's going to take us till 2029. I, there's nobody who believes they would take the over on Joe Biden making it to 2029. 
So I don't know what's going to happen, how they're going to do it. I just truly don't believe Joe Biden is going to be the nominee from the Democrat Party. I really don't. Uh, what do you think? Hit me in the comments in the live chat. I'd love to see your thoughts on this. Will he be the candidate? Yes or no? And if not, who will be? Now, I don't even see, obviously, Kamala Harris. Now, this is going from bad to worse here, but Kamala Harris is not going to run for president. She ran for president the first time. She couldn't even make it to the primary, right? She was polling less than like, she was doing like Chris Christie numbers. She couldn't even make it to the primary. She had a dropout before then. She was so bad in her presidential campaign. And then all of a sudden, because of her color and because she's a woman, she was picked to be vice president. That's how Biden picks. He picked, that's how he picked his Supreme Court justice. He didn't say, I want the most qualified. He said, I want a black woman. That's how he picked his vice president. That's how he picked his press secretary. He doesn't pick people based on their merit. He doesn't pick people based on their ability. He picks people based on the color of their skin and their orientation. That's it. So there was Kamala Harris. Now, she can't run. There's no way they would run her. Now, who would run if it's not Joe Biden? Vegas has the odds favorite at Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom. Everybody else is a distant. There's there's distant candidates. I know there's this one lunatic on the left that's running. I don't even remember his name. He was on Fox yesterday, too, talking about, oh, how, oh, me and Nikki Haley are there. See, they try to lump in the fact that Joe Biden can't remember his own name with Donald Trump. Oh, neither one of them should run. No, you're wrong. Donald Trump, you can listen and look and talk to him, and you can understand that this guy, has a, he's very aware of his faculties and what's going on, and he's got his finger on the pulse, okay? Don't lump him in with Joe Biden. Like, oh, yeah, well, Joe's old, so's Trump's old. <laughs> Let's not let either of them run. Wrong. Joe Biden is out. So who do they run? It looks like they would run either Michelle or Gavin Newsom. I don't know. I don't even think Kamala Harris would be on that ticket. She's so bad. I mean, she she's really is. Uh, she, there's no way I could possibly see them running her, uh, even as a VP on a new ticket, which she wouldn't do anyway, because it would be just a sidestep. It wouldn't be a promotion for her. I don't know. I think they'd be happy to get rid of her. She she's just embarrasses herself every time she opens her mouth. And speaking of replacement, the last thing I want to touch on with you guys, the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas defending himself and saying, well, you know, the this isn't our fault. The, the border is, this isn't our problem. This has been an existing problem down at the border. So uh, Mayorkas, because we failed to impeach him, because we got rid of, we expelled George Santos, who would have been the deciding vote and would have gotten Mayorkas out. We didn't, and so now we didn't. So Mayorkas stays alive, uh, well, stays afloat uh, in the position that, that he's been terrible at. But Mayorga says it's not his fault. But when you look at the immigration numbers year by year, you can obviously see that they've skyrocketed during the Biden administration. You don't have to be a scientist, but they don't care. They know that you know, and they still lie about it. But the problem is here, obviously, Mayorkas has no accountability. He has no takes no ownership for what he's done, and neither does the entire Biden administration. But also, if you heard my interview there with uh, Congresswoman Kat Kamak, when she came on, she said, you know, when she talked to Mayorkas and said we were going to impeach him, he said to her, uh, almost in a threatening way, oh, you're not going to like the guy coming behind me. You're not going to like what's coming behind me. So what does that mean? Is somebody worse? And that's pretty much what we got with Joe Biden. If we get Joe Biden out, we got Kamala or Kamala, whatever you say it, right? So we got something worse. What do we get if we get rid of Mayorkas? God only knows what we're going to get if we get rid of Mayorkas. What are we going to do? Get a guy that just goes down there and completely holds the border open, right, with a retractor? 
So we're in bad shape here. But don't worry about it. We'll send some more money to Ukraine. We'll solve all these problems. How sick and tired are you hearing about Ukraine? Money for Ukraine. Money for Israel. How about money for us? Money for the U.S.? All right, I got a couple of guests joining me on the podcast on Thursday. I'm going to have uh, former Congressman Ron Paul joining me here. And I am scheduled. I don't, I don't know if I can make the announcement here, but I'll tell you, I am in talking with. I will have him on again. So it looks like Thursday for Congressman Bob Good joining me here as well. I'll put that out there. Uh, follow me on X at Alec Lace. If I don't get him this week, I'll have him next week. Uh, but I am scheduling here back and forth. It looks like Thursday I'll have him. So it looks like i got two good guests lined up for you guys on Thursday. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, if you want to watch my coverage from the Super Bowl, interviewing the, the players and coaches about fatherhood, family, and faith, jump on over to my channel right here on Rumble, First Class Fatherhood, and check it out. I got a new episode dropping tomorrow on that channel as well. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, happy to be back. Please don't forget to hit the like button down below. Follow the channel here on Rumble. And God bless all you parents out there, all of you listeners. Uh, God bless our police and first responders. God bless America. And I'll be back here on Thursday. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. Alec Lace has interviewed more than 700 dads on his award-winning podcast, First Class Fatherhood. Dads from all walks of life, including Tom Brady, Deion Sanders, Matthew McConaughey, Steve Harvey, Tony Hawk, Eric Trump, and so many more. Find out why First Class Fatherhood has been number one on the iTunes charts. Who these men are as fathers and how they raise their children is far more important than anything they accomplish in their careers. Alec Lace encourages his high-profile guests to share their fatherhood journeys and offer advice to new and soon-to-be dads. Let every father in your contact list know about First Class Fatherhood. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is Father's Day on First Class Fatherhood. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family.